It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer with producer Todd Surprise, Kirk Elliott sitting in with us. We are the Racing Boys. Appreciate you tuning in today on the show. We've got a lot going on today. We're going to have Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what happened down at Valdo Speedway, as well as what's going on down at um, Volusia this weekend. Kirk, how you doing, bud? Not too bad. Not a lot of racing going on this weekend. We had a couple of nights of late models, but uh, Saturday night got wiped out, didn't it, down at Volusia? Well, there's some racing going on down at East Bay, too. I didn't watch much of that. I know you didn't, right? Was that a lot of local guys down there? I didn't recognize a lot of the names racing at East Bay Raceway Park. Well, that's all right. It's, It's still racing. It doesn't matter. It's still racing. And there was plenty of it on TV this weekend. Um, so before we get going, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with our Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes hurt. What <laughs> What'd you think about that, Todd? High ankle sprains are not good. Not good. And I'm, I'm a little concerned about our chances against Cincinnati. Yeah, it's I <laughs> yeah, I am to say the least. I'm more than worried. We you it's hard to change a tiger's stripes in one week and we're going to have to change him to a pocket passer and 1 2 3 dump. Dump. Right? That's what's going to have to happen. They're Chad gonna... Henney type of an offense like you saw we run that 90. You know, I don't doubt our offense. No. Our offense and 90s able uh, ability to scheme and to scheme something, I don't. I don't have any doubt that he'll have. That's fine. My biggest concern is Patrick trying to do too much. Right. He's he's hurt. Just let your guys be your guys. It usually takes two or three weeks to get overnight. If we spring. can win next week, we have a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's not get him hurt worse. Right. But I'm like you, what, Scott. What, I was, what what would you rather do? Would you rather put Chad Henning in, or would you rather play Patrick Mahomes? I. I Patrick Mahomes is the only way you're going to win against Cincinnati. Against a different team, maybe. Right. But I think you're going to have Henny to. And he did pretty good on that he one did drive. Great. And he would do great in anything because it's hard to plan against two completely different type of quarterbacks like that on the spur. You know what I'm saying? it's Henny does great. That dude hadn't played a game, a significant game, in 18 months. Right. Walks in and, and does that. Unbelievable, but it, it it seems like the team believes in him, though. They all they may, very yes, wholeheartedly. Right, I, I agree. Yeah, he did a really great job on that ninety-eight yard drive, and he, yeah. he, they they the ran longest... the ball. They they were really good running the ball against Jackson, and that's the key next week. Well, that Pacheco's got to. That, that's what's going to have to happen. Yes, sir. They're going to have to run the ball. I would in order to win this game. I would my. Go ahead, Kurt. I was just going to say that's not such a bad that's thing right, because right. the longer you keep Joe Burrow on the sidelines, the better chance you got. Exactly what I was going to say. I don't mind seeing a Marty type of ball this weekend because you can break the Mahomes trick play out or the quick. What he and Kelsey have isn't anything anybody else. They can read each other's minds, so I'm not worried about that. I I want to see more run, 
and two tight end set and let's pound the crap out of these guys. That's what I want to see. But right. yes, I'm worried. I'm to say well, least, I'm, Cincinnati's I'm a lot better team than Jacksonville, so that's easier said than yeah, done. Yeah, they they're not as good as they played against Buffalo, and they're not as bad as they played against Baltimore. You know what I mean? They barely won that game against Baltimore, and that was a backup quarterback in Baltimore. If it wasn't for the guy reaching over the goal line and tapping that ball out of his hand, they lose last week. Yeah, I right. mean, so they're not as bad as that team, but I don't think they're as good as the team we saw against Buffalo. So I think. Somewhere in between is the team we got. Uh, we have to just overcome the thing that we've been beat three times by these guys. That's that's where it's at. Well, and, and, and should that be motivation? Yes. To come back and beat them? Yes. Absolutely. In our town. Right. Well, you remember last year they thought they had the game won at halftime. You know, hey, we're rocking and rolling. Everything's great. And then – Cincinnati had that big second half, and uh-oh. Yeah, you, we've seen that against other teams with us. You know, the first half of the Super Bowl, San Francisco thought they had it won. Right. Um, so we can't start believing in that. But I'm like you, Scott. I'm a little worried. We won't know the significant. I mean, we the MRI was yesterday. It just didn't show anything other than a high ankle spray, no break or anything with the x-ray. But uh, I hated seeing that. He didn't want to come out of the game, did he? No. You know, let me, let me just tell you something about Patrick Mahomes. That just tells you what kind of uh, uh, – how he is driven. That's his wiring. He's wi- he's wired like that. He is. And he was playing with one foot. He was. And if you remember, they talked about how he was throwing off of his other foot when he got hurt last – or two years ago. Remember, he got hurt very bad. Right. Worse than this, I think, because they had to carry him. You know, he had the to be The kneecap, right? He had, no, remember he rolled his ankle. They showed it oh, in that, yeah, in that right. thing, and they showed him. He had to be carried off, you know, helped off the field. And he played that game on one foot right. uh, after Henny came back. And I, I'm i like you, Scott. Uh, if anybody can play this, this, this type of an offense, it'll be him. But I do not want to see him six steps and drop him back. I want this. I want these 2.2 second, let's hit tight ends. Juju and uh, you know what it's going it's going to come down to our defense absolutely this is the week that the defense it's going to have to to step up you've got to step up and be be a team this week if if what's his name wants to get a job as a head coach our defensive coordinator this is the weekend that you dominate and guess what happens your phone rings the next week and they're like hey we want to talk to your defensive coordinator right (laughs) because that's that's what's going on around the league right now well, they had they had to save Patrick Mahomes from himself. He didn't want to go in and get that X-ray done, but they had to do that. Was he a half a billion dollar quarterback? They had to go in and get that X-ray done to make sure it wasn't broken. Well, Steve says Chris Jones needs to show up this week and end the streak. If if no sacks in the playoffs, you know it's hard to believe that Chris Jones has never got a sack in the playoffs. He'll have a chance this Saturday. Yeah, that means they're they're really doubling him up. But you're right. This is the weekend Sunday. This is it. This is the weekend he needs to show his money. You know. Do you you think – let me ask you this. Do you think Cincinnati's overconfident that they're going to come in here and beat the Chiefs? Sure. Yes. Why wouldn't they be? They think they've got the Chiefs' number. They do. And I and I think that plays in our advantage in a way. I think it does too, a little I th- bit. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs are due to beat them. You know as well as I do. All those coaches know that Andy Reid 
he's they've all got to be thinking the same thing we, we've beat andy three times that doesn't happen when you go to poker and play poker you're not going to bet on that hand four times right you're just not you're the just... biggest problem is is that patrick has got the ankle problem. yeah that's what i'm saying that's yeah. the that that brought everything back i think we had dominated this game next week if patrick is 100 percent Boy, I don't know. The way they dominated Buffalo, that yeah, was pretty but they, scary. They barely beat Baltimore, and I went back and watched that game. They replayed it. That was a bad game they played. And Did Buffalo just play a bad game yesterday? That Buffalo got – Buffalo. I think – I think they were in Buffalo's head yesterday. They were in Buffalo. I think that they made a mistake by bringing the Jamar in there because – that just, I mean, sure, that's a boost and everything and everything, but gosh, man, you just want to play the football game, right? And right. I don't know if they push that too much. Even They even took him in there at halftime, you know. And Would you have rather played Buffalo and Atlanta versus Cincinnati and Arrowhead? Looking at it now, <laughs> kind of, because here's why. If it's cold next week, that ankle's not going to be fun. Right. Um, and a controlled environment in Atlanta in a dome. 78 degrees yeah. or 76 degrees. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's how I'm looking at it. You Marie, know, Marie says Buffalo couldn't do anything right. Boy, they weren't. They just they didn't just play well, bad, didn't they? Man. They just had a bad day, didn't they? It, it was weird because that wasn't them. And Cincinnati had a patchwork offensive line. Absolutely. Different guys on there, and they dominated right. Buffalo. Steve also chimed in. He said the Bengals played the perfect game yesterday. Hard to play. That way, two weeks in a row. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to, like we were talking about, Dandy Reed's. We, we, you know, Andy Reed already had this game plan ready for Cincinnati the day they got beat by Cincinnati. He, right. They've, he been, was already wor- they've in- been working on this ever <laughs> since then. At that, since that no. game. So, right. well, here's the thing that could be a disadvantage for Cincinnati is that Andy Reed's going to have to come up with a completely yes, different sir. game plan because of Patrick Mahomes' injury. Cincinnati really don't know what they're going to get That's yet. right. Right. And this is going to be a whole different deal because they've got to form the game plan around they, Patrick Mahomes' injury. What they, they're going to try to do is put a lot of pressure on Patrick oh, Mahomes. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to see a two-step drop, boom. And I'm like, Kirk, you're, these people, this is a different – they're not going to know what to – and think right. about all the plays that Andy Reid has – in the Chad Henning book that he can bring into this week for the Patrick Mahomes book. Right. That Patrick's ran him already. You know he's ran him in practice and everything. But what I'm saying is you dumb thing down this thing offense a little bit, I'll take four yards every time because guess what? Every three every three plays is 12 yards, and I'll take that. Every, you know what I'm saying? I, we don't have to go for the home run right. a la Tyreek right. Hill. I'll go for a few Marty Martyisms. Yeah. If you've lived here in Kansas City, Marty right. Ball, Marty Ball, Marty Ball will work just fine this weekend. I look for a ball control type of game in order to eat clock and keep Joe Burrow on the sidelines as much as possible. Um, Caleb says, you know that the the last game that we played against Cincy, if Kelsey didn't drop that one pass, absolutely, yep. um, we would have won that game. Absolutely, right? No, there's a, there's. That's and that's football, man. That's when you play with a non-round ball. Weird things happen, man. But you're right. Um, I look forward to the game. I'll tell you what I do like. I like it being on Sunday. I don't like Saturday games. Saturday games kind of creep me out a little bit. I just don't know what we're it is. playing Sunday night, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So um, Tammy, she chimed in. She said, "Thought Chad Henney, a Pennsylvania native, by the way, 
did a pretty good job, in my opinion. 32 I, years old. Yeah, he did a great job. Did a great job. Well, he's 33. 33, he? yeah. 33. Started the season at 32, 33. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he's awesome, man. But that is the type of game, uh, that drive, that 98-yard drive that Chad Henning uh, engineered is the type of football that you're going to see this Sunday Absolutely. in Cincinnati. I don't mind it either. And I wouldn't mind if you did a little bit of what – New Orleans did mm-hmm. bring in Chad Henney on a couple plays for to and run the ball or you know what I mean because that uh, his ankles are fine he could do the quarterback sneak other teams do it all the time there's two other teams in the league that bring in a special player right. just for quarterback sneaks and stuff we know Patrick's hurt they know that Patrick's hurt so why fool and you know let's just go out and punch him in the mouth that's how I'm I'm looking at it yeah you're not you're not gonna see uh Patrick Mahomes running around. <laughs> you, you know what's funny though is is that our running backs sometimes they have good games, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't have good games. Yeah, that Pacheco he had that he Pacheco, you see how fast he was. It, it, Pacheco is a good running back, and he's he likes to smash people in the mouth. Yeah. But that run on the outside yesterday showed how fast he was. Oh, my God. Man, Even, he took off, didn't he? Did you see what they said? He was running like the ground was mad. He was mad at the ground. <laughs> right. like it, was, it was something else. What's his name? Tony? He's going to be a big factor. Absolutely. I hope we keep Tony. I th- well, we're going to have to because we're going to some of these guys we signed were only a one-year deal. You know, Juju's probably not going to be here next year. He he. I They, they need to sign Juju well, Smith. I would like to sign the guy who's PO'd in, in the Giants. Who's that guy that stormed out of the Giants locker room yesterday? The the wide receiver. He's good. He's real good. And he left he walked over to the at the during the game was mad. Apparently he went into the locker room after the loss yesterday, grabbed his crap and was out the door and the quarterback, the backup quarterback ran and got him, brought him back in but still left before all the coaches were done with their press conference. Oh really? I I we go to him tomorrow and say, "Guess what?" When the season's over with you, if you want to come play for a real team, we got a spot for you next year. Yeah. Stefan Diggs. That's it. Yeah. Take it. Is he a free agent? At I don't the end know, of the but year? he's not happy. And he he was jawing um oh, his quarterback, wasn't he? Oh. <laughs> he was running his mouth at him. I'm telling you, man, there's not yeah. happy people out there. There's a couple guys that are sick of doing the same thing over and over and over. And I think there's some uh, receivers out there that would love to play with Patrick. I don't Holmes. know why more haven't stepped up and wanted to come here. That's what I'm kind of. But here's what I do like to. What I think is amazing. Uh, we did not see anything, and we haven't heard anything from the the one and only. Um, oh, now it just fell in my mouth. The guy, the free agent wide receiver, who everybody thought they were going the one who fell asleep on the on the airplane. OBJ. OBJ. Not a signing. You know why? Because that guy was a lot more hurt than what everybody – because Cowboys would have taken him in a minute if he'd have been healthy. Beckham, is that it? Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. Yeah. Yep. Od- he he was more hurt. Everybody thought the Chiefs was going to sign him. Heck, you even saw in a podcast that Travis Kelsey talked about that, yeah, we freed some space mm-hmm. up in the cap. I've been on the phone with him. Well – yeah, did you did you hear that yesterday when uh, no. Caleb brought this up here? He said that. Uh, did you hear about the ref when he told the players to shut <laughs> just, shut just, up? Just shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he was. You know what it reminds me of the the teachers at the end of the, you know this is the end of the year right? We're yeah. getting to the end of the. It's almost like the teachers that are like tired of just shut up. 
already. Right. <laughs> I've heard it all year. I don't, I'm tired right. of it. Right. I'm tired of listening to your stuff. Right. Uh, Kirk, your quarterback did pretty good yesterday from Iowa oh, State, didn't he? he? Uh, Brock Purdy, he did, uh, he did what he was asked to do, and that is do no harm and don't turn the ball over. And he managed the game he very well. He did it well. again. He it, did it again. I knew it was going to be hard. It was going to be very hard to score against the Dallas Cowboys. They got a great defense. Yes, their defense and is smoking. They took, they took they away their ass yesterday. They, they did. They took away Christian McCaffrey and and uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah. And forced uh, Brock Purdy to uh, make some play. They couldn't run the ball, and I thought he did a very good job of just managing the game and hanging in there and not making any critical mistakes, unlike Dak Prescott, who threw two interceptions and didn't really play that, that well and really cost Dallas a chance to win that. I bet old Jerry Jones wasn't too happy no, yesterday. He was not happy. Mm-mm. He said he was sick. They interviewed him after the game. I'm just sick. Right. Because he felt like they, they had a chance to go they to the Super Bowl. Chance. They did have a chance to do that. Their defense, you couldn't they ask. They sucked yesterday. You couldn't ask for a better performance out of the Cowboys' defense than what they and had I, yesterday. And I think this kind of wraps up what the NFC has been this year, up and down, across the board. AFC's much better. AFC is a stronger. Now, don't get me wrong. The Eagles are the strongest team, period. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they are. I went and watched that game again the, yesterday's and before. They play on a different level, man. Those guys, that that Eagles team is actually for real, and uh, they're they might be the team to beat. They, I think they are. They've moved right. to the position of team to beat. They, their defense is really strong, and their offensive line with with uh, Kelsey on the offensive. Oh my God, he his leverage is unbelievable. I, that's a very strong team, and unlike the rest of the NFC, is that's a. Uh, 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 Travis Kelsey's brother. brother. He's the center, right? And he's the older brother. And if you know anything about their story, uh, he he stuck his neck out for Travis because Travis was in trouble a lot in high school and wasn't going to get a gig in college. And he stuck his neck out for him and said, uh, "Does Dallas stick with Dak? Who? Boy, I don't know about that. I think the coach. Do you stick with the They're coach? Going to have to pay him a lot of money. No, I think." Here's what I'm wondering. Do you, I think the D- Jerry Jones does all Jerry Jones like he usually does and fires the coach. I don't think I, – I, I think they did well enough this year that he's not going to fire the coach. Mm. Dak Prescott looked like a statue. He, he did used not, to roll around and move around and – He looked lost and yesterday. And make plays, but he, he just stands in the pocket and really – does nothing now. I can't figure that out. Right. He looked uh, really good the week before. Yeah. He had a great week the week before, and, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Up and down in the NFC seems like a, a very common occurrence there. Yeah. But uh, Eagles are going to be hard to beat at home. Yes. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks uh, healthy now. And and uh, he can run. He yeah, can run. For the 49ers to go in there and, and try to win, that's, uh, that's going to be really He's tough. a more accurate quarterback than what people give him credit for, too, because – of how well he does. I'll run. tell you something. San Francisco's got a really good defense too. No, that's going to be a, that actually to me that's the better game of the week. When I thought it was going to be the other way around with Mahomes versus whichever young gun quarterback, but with Mahomes being hurt, I think the game of the week is San Francisco versus Philly. That those two teams are hot. All of them have been winning like crazy, and uh, it's going to come to head Saturday. Going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting to see how those two games play out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I can't wait, though, this yeah. weekend. At least we get a little extra time. So, 
Um, we're going to – today's show is brought to you by Rod In Supply. Uh, they're featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints, and we're going to be talking about those quite a bit this year. Um, we want to thank our friend Bob Douglas for uh, being – a great supporter of the Racing Boys all these years. They were the first sponsor we ever had, weren't they, Kurt? They were. They've been with us from day one. Ever since, since 2003. Racing Boys. Right. And, uh, yeah, the the Midwest Lightning Sprint Banquet, I believe, is this Saturday night. We'll talk about that. Right, down right. Down maybe, maybe we can get the uh, champion on this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll try to do that. We'll try to do that maybe next Monday. Absolutely. You know, I keep saying this week because I'm I'm so used to doing it every day. Yeah, it's not a weekly show. It's no not. A, it's I mean, not. It's just a it's, weekly show. It's not a, a daily one day show. a week show <laughs> now. Yeah. Weekly, not daily. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to visit with Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. We'll talk about all the racing that was going on down at Botto, and we'll talk a little bit about what was going on this weekend. Uh, Devin Moran had a good Thursday and Friday night. They rained out Saturday night. The weather was not good down there at, at Volusia. And we'll talk about that and more right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supplies. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars, you can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supplies. Joining us now on the show is a, a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. Trenton, how you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. How's everybody? How, how how was your trip down to Votto? Did you have a good time down there? Yeah, um, probably probably the best time I've ever had on a racing trip. But so my wife gets to go on a few with me, and that that always that always takes cake, you know, when your family can travel with you. But she she wasn't able to go and be gone for the entire time of this one. So I'll say probably most fun I've ever had on a trip that you know she hadn't been with me on. So um, that's a uh, just incredible, man. We uh, we we ate some great restaurants, and the talent in the pits was off the charts. And you know that thing's got three built-in off days in it, so right. uh, there's plenty of time to to go and figure out some things to do. So, yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> it was it was terrific. Let me ask you this: uh, You've been to a lot of racetracks around the country, and I I I think without a doubt, Lucas Oil Speedway is the nicest racetrack in the country. Where would you rank Valdo Speedway compared to some of the other racetracks that you've been to around the country? So, I mean, it's it's right there with Wheatland. I've, I've not been to, you know, there's there's some nice stuff up in the Northeast, stuff I've seen pictures of, but I've, I've not been to. And I've not by any means been to every single really nice facility in the country, but I would say it's uh, – uh, it's it's on point with with Wheatland for sure. Um, a lot of the facility stuff, Midway stuff, is actually uh, it's actually just a little bit nicer because it doesn't have the age on it. You know, Wheatland's right. got some some age on that front stretch now. That's true. Um, so I mean, there's there's in in some ways it's 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 a little bit above to to be honest with you. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, things like uh, the pits. Uh, Wheatland's got them covered on the pits. They've got everywhere covered in the pits that I've ever been to, uh, campground, uh, things like that. There's no, you know, I've not, I've not yet seen one that holds a candle to it. I will tell you, 
um, Royal had some plans out there for a, a brand new kind of command center um, <clears throat> and, and kind of pit office and whatnot, kind of a multi-use facility that, that he was uh, showing a few people. And um, they're planning to have that done by next year, which will, will really be something nice to, to have a really nice permanent structure there in the pits. So, um, and, I, and I'll tell you, as far as a racetrack goes, ma'am, it's just pretty tough. Pretty tough to beat that one right there. It's uh, it's it's really good. And it, you know what? It was it was really good in the tack, and it was really good when it got slick too. Um, I very versatile racetrack, and and you know what? Good, good drivers have a way of making racetracks look good too. Right, so, that's true. Um, but you know, it, it's fantastic. I would say, I mean, if 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 Wheatland's the if Wheatland's the gold standard, then then Votto. Uh, Votto certainly, uh, Votto certainly gets a little chunk of that gold too. You know what I'm saying? For for sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's that nice of a place, and I I just love that part of the country. You know, it's it's so much different than what we have here. Have met a lot of great race teams and people from down there. Um, we were just we were just treated so well. I took my boy Josh Mathis with me, and uh, he he was running GoPros down there, and uh, he had never been to that part of the country, and and we were both just kind of kind of wide-eyed the whole time I'd, I'd been there a lot but i even went to some new restaurants and places uh stuff that, that the locals tell you about and really just kind of soaked in that whole experience it was it was terrific and that wild west shootout is man it's it's really something what what they've got that thing built into where would you rate the wild west shootout when it comes to late model races around the country i know that uh, our, our good friend mike Mahler, who's on our show from time to time he won one night um how would you how would you rank that racetrack as far as as um the surface itself yeah so i mean as far as the 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 racetrack goes i don't i mean i'm not going to tell you that i've i've seen one that's better really i mean i it's it's in that I, i just put it in the elite category you know as far as the the surface of the racetrack goes uh, and what was cool was they they replicated it all those nights and um that track crew came from fairbury to uh to work on that thing and that was their second year mm. talking to those guys they already started out so much ahead this year based on what they had learned last year you know right and, and last year's racing was so good it was so good out there two years ago i was thinking about on the drive out there i was thinking the whole time about man how there's no way very rarely does one live up from one year to the next you know what i mean when right. you're looking at that marquee races and i thought there's no way you know that was really cool what we saw last year but it, it can't i bet it'll be good but I, I don't think it can be that good and a couple instances it was even better you know hmm. um and again there, there was more talent in the pits this year uh no no question and you know larson added so much to the show he he, he had like the loudest second place finishes i've ever seen right like some, you know, sometimes people say well it's kind of a quiet victory for so-and-so driver larson was he was in contention um on a couple of those and was was right to the just the very end of those races and man he added he added a ton of uh intrigue and excitement to that that entire stretch too he was he was really cool man i i know you've been around him scott a lot more than i had but that guy that guy's the real deal you know i bet he signed i don't know i bet he signed a thousand or more autographs and took at least that many pictures you know um Really, the only time he never signed was when he was actually going to get in his race car, and uh, Josh was around him quite a bit, and he said he just heard him say, 
that uh, he heard Josh just tell him to uh, – uh, sorry, I'm going to move out of here where I'm at for just a second, Scott. Um, All right. Playing musical chairs here. Um, they had said that uh, said that Larson uh, just told him to come back, you know, after after the races, and he'd sign. And he he hung out at his trailer after the races every night. And, um, was was really uh, it was really cool to see what uh, what he did. Did did he ever mention anything over the PA or publicly about not being at the Chili Bowl? Did he ever say anything like that? So I, I did a 15-minute interview with him for radio. I'm, I'm still doing that radio on Tuesday afternoons, and so I got a 15-minute interview with him Sunday before the races, the first Sunday, uh, to play back on that Tuesday. <clears throat> and he said he said he hadn't really felt like he'd missed it at that point, and he said, you know, he kind of alluded that he might on Saturday, you know, by the time driver intros were coming out and whatnot. Right. Um, there was a few times people saw him uh, up in the uh, pit, pit seating and and when he wasn't racing but was looking at the racetrack that that he had the chili bowl up on his phone so uh that was cool to see it was there was nothing uh negative about it really i mean i i know right like that's that's kind of the narrative of the week right everybody in the open world looking for for some way to bag on the guy i i mean he he just he wasn't going to run it so um might, might as well take option b right yeah no doubt yeah, Trenton, you know, I, I've said all along, I have no problem with Kyle Larson deciding to do something different this year. There's no obligation that he has to be at the Chili Bowl. He's been there, done that. No different than when Tony Stewart raced at the Chili Bowl when he was a star cup driver. He didn't race it every year, even though he won it twice. To think that we have to expect Kyle Larson to go to the Chili Bowl every year, no, he doesn't have to do that. He can do whatever he wants. And the fact that he wanted to go late model racing this year, I said more power to him. It, I don't think it affected the Chili Bowl at all. You know what I'll say, um, add this to Heath. You know, we've seen these cup guys off and on, right? Back when they ran the Prelude to the Dream where it was it yeah. was kind of like a circus and it was how many – hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment can they destroy in the name of charity right um, yeah where it was like where it was just like a charade you know what i mean like it was a charade to bring those guys in and run those and yeah i mean there were there were a couple of good performances kyle bush put on a show one year kenny wallace looked good one year but by by and large it just they just destroyed race cars at that and and it was it, it is it is what it is and it's not still around but i can tell you this he is so serious about that late model program and about wanting to be better in a dirt late model and figuring out what they need to do. He, you know, he, he says, man, I'm just not very good in these things sometimes. And he said, you know, he said to me in the interview we did that he was a, he was a top five car and just alluded that that, that wasn't good enough for him. And it was in, the, it was in kind of those moments right there. I mean, I knew the brilliance of the guy, right? Like he, unless you're just living under a rock, you understand he's the, he is the currently the best, race car driver in america at least in my opinion i feel like in most other people's opinions i would agree well. yeah um so it, you see in those moments when he goes into deep descriptions about racing that is not his day job and how much that means to him and how focused he is and how much he wants to succeed and you know it would have been really easy for kyle too at that race you know he just had a had a new baby it would have been really easy for him to come and ran the weekend and went back to, to phoenix and then come back and ran the last weekend, but he was back middle of the week for the Wednesday night race and 
they worked on that race car and they got it they got it better and it showed after 10 days of being out there i mean he he almost won that race sunday night in one of the classic dirt races regardless of divisions that that i've ever seen uh between he and bobby pierce and you couple the fact that he wants that so much he's so locked in he was so good with the fans signed all the autographs took all the pictures Man, I don't, I don't know what more you can ask out of a guy, to be honest with you. He was good with the media. He did every single interview. You know, as a guy working the infield, I think I, I think I talked to him five or six times, you know, on TV. And and that stuff's not planned. You're just, you're just walking right up to him, you know. Right. And uh, he was, he was good in that situation every time. Um, I, I'm not a fan of race car drivers, but it's. It's impossible to not respect what he does, and it's hard not to like it. How about our boy Mike Marler picking up that 40-lap feature win and holding off Kyle Larson? What would you think about that? Mike Man, he, Mike can drive just about anything, can he? Oh, he's as good as it gets. And one, you know what? One of the nicest guys, too. That's, no doubt. That's what's so neat about Marler. Um, and he <clears throat> he was off a little bit, you know, when that, when that week first started. And just sticking to it you know he's he's in the right car i don't know if you guys you guys have probably noticed this but you're like either in a longhorn or you're 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 battling to to beat a longhorn right now right this is this is flavor longhorn is the flavor of the month right now there is no question about it and the desert was clearly evident that so much it just hit me right between the eyes i knew they were good <clears throat> i didn't quite realize it was it was them them against everybody else and that's that's where it's at right now um so they they've definitely hit on it um, so he was in, he was in the right stuff and just, just a tick off and, and he got himself there and he, he really contended, you know, that final race that the Pierce won over Larson, Marler was right there and he, he led a big chunk of the middle of that race. Right. And for a while it looked like he was going to be the, the car to beat. Um, this was the first late model race too, that was on the new, uh, Hoosier national late model tire rule, which they went to four compounds and I, I knew they had done this, but Man, it's just, I'm not going to lie to you guys, this late model racing, it's a little different than when I was in my days with the MLRA with it, you know, week in and week out and really in the in the dirt with everything that was, was happening, you know, week to week and sometimes day to day. So I had a little catch up to do and they've, they've essentially went one, two, three, four, and that basically is 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s. And there's no dot variations, there's no shoulder plated non-shoulder plated there's no you know it it had just gotten stupid right where these late model tires were at. just just completely ignorant uh as as to what options guys had and what regions of the country ran on these different tires and they sit there and tell you that well these tires don't work and and these, these ones will and i sit there and say you can take four tires and you can put air in them and you can go race that car you, you can do that you might not like that and you might not be accustomed to that but you can go do that like that physically can happen. Right. Um, it was like, <clears throat> you know, you get those national guys come to the Midwest, well, we can't run on these B-55s. Well, that's that's crap because you can. And then I watch them do it 30 to 40 times a year and have really good racing. Is there a better option? Maybe, but, but these do work. Right. So they've, uh, they've, they've whittled that tire out as well. Um, it really seemed to simplify a lot of things. They had – Combinations 20s and 30s uh, on the front, 30s and 40s on the back, which were ones and twos or threes and fours, and they're still letting them run the last year's uh, inventory through at least part of the season. I don't, I don't know when they're 
drop dead data is on the old tires. But uh, I think that's pretty good for dirt late model racing, and I think that will also uh, four tire combinations like that will also help people not get as lost. You know, it, especially new teams and people trying to get more experience for the sport. Right. You know, we were watching uh, Volusia, and some of the drivers were complaining about their tires down there a little bit. That that they just didn't oh, yeah. have the right tire combination on there. Did you notice some of that? Man, I, I caught just a very little bit of Volusia. I man, I can't. I'm like I'm kind of I'm kind of exhausted listening to racers crap about tires. If, I mean, honestly, if you right. want my honest opinion, I mean it's they've got four tires, and so they're just going to figure out how to make it work. And I'm sorry, four, four tire compounds is plenty to go race a dirt lane. So figure it out work on your race car maybe adapt to a new field if that's what you have to do and figure it out because it was just just so ignorant how many combinations that you could put on uh prior prior to this and just how out of hand it had gotten you know that at some point you have to you have to draw a line and i applaud the sanctioning bodies and i applaud hoosier for stepping in and going you know there's a better way we can do this and yeah. you know what? These guys will figure it out. They'll adapt to it. Oh, yeah, and they every, will. And we'll forget all about this because they'll adapt 100%. to it. I had one of the best late model racers in America oh, about 10 years ago. Talk, caught him in the pits at Lakeside. Night he was racing. The race they didn't usually come to, but he was there. The MLRA race, it was on D55s. Just spent five minutes talking to me about how these tires didn't work. And I swear to you, I had watched race of the year candidates on that, what used to be that NASCAR weekend, MLRA races. Right. Year after year after year, guys just throw down on this D55. And you get you get one of these national racers. You're a national racer, and he's got to run on these hard tires. Well, the tires don't go to work. Well, that's actually, that's, that's actually and factually incorrect. And uh, here's, <clears throat> here's the data I have to prove it. So... Anyway, they don't like the feel of it for sure, um, and they'll definitely let you know if they, if they don't like the feel of it. Yeah. Um, on Friday night, uh, Bobby Pierce, who won at, at Votto on that, that final night, uh, be, beating Kyle Larson and Mike Muller, um, last night, or I guess it was Friday night, he had some front-end problems with his car down at, uh, at Volusia. Bobby had some Running. Okay, Bob, so Bobby did on. You're talking last week. Yeah, on Friday night. This weekend. Yeah. This weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I just I, I caught him just a little bit of that uh, of that Volusia, but Bobby's in a he's in a new Longhorn too, and he's on different shocks than he'd ever been on before. You know, it was pretty wild. He uh, he had, had some trouble. They had a part of the reason they thought they were off there early on was. The drive shaft link wasn't quite right for for their entire new setup, and so they called uh, Pat Fagan and got they got a new drive shaft next day aired down to them uh, for the second part of that week, and and he he definitely looked better. And they were trying to compensate for that where they put the rear end in the race car, but they didn't have it where they wanted it. So um, he finally got that lined out, and uh, you know just stuff working through a, a brand new car you've never been in before and uh, new brand, and he looked he looked a lot better. I didn't see. I didn't see what happened there to Bobby though on uh, last weekend. Yeah, um, l- let me ask you this, Trenton. You 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 have your own company, RaceAndDirt dot com. You guys do all the USMTS stuff. How was it like working for Flow down there at uh, at Auto? 
we supposed to tell the truth here, or should I tell you that there's nothing compares to owning your own thing? What, what way do you want me to go with this? I, I, I'm going to let you answer it the way you want to answer it, bud. <clears throat> I will tell you that having 60 nights a year that has all the pressure on you to perform and succeed, mm-hmm. and even when everything goes right, there's still people that are mad at you because they think it's your fault because they had trouble. Right. gets incredibly exhausting, incredibly exhausting. Um. I would say through the course of the year, our stuff works 98, 99% of the time. It didn't used to be that way, but it is now. It's The stuff is that good. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you run into internet trouble. You, you do. And that's it, everybody that streams does it um, from time to time, and there's no way around it. That is that is the nature of streaming media. Guess what? Your Netflix account sometimes has trouble. Um, nobody wants to hear that and they're paying for it to work. And so I very much understand that. I can tell you without question, my level of stress and anxiety and anticipation is nothing like it is when it's a race and dirt stream. I love every second of getting to go be just a just a contract employee and it has such a sense of peace and relaxation and enjoyment and i remember why i love racing and i get to focus on the drivers and the racetrack and the people in the pits and the competition and doing a good job for the race fans and telling stories and figuring things out and i don't have to sit and worry about latency i don't have to worry about the internet ping I don't have to worry about why the wireless camera doesn't work. I don't have to worry about right. when camera number two is taking a crap and you can't figure out how to fix it and your shooter can't either. I can't figure out – I don't have to sit and figure out and stress about staffing issues. Like, it is so enjoyable to go work in that role. I, I don't I don't even really know any, any other way to, to put that. Now, you understand why I so, retired, Trenton. Uh, you, it, l- oh, let, me just, let me just tell you – the the chili bowl was the most stressful thing that Kirk and I ever did. Every sure. year, the the chili bowl for yep. for sixteen years we did that chili bowl, and it yep. was so stressful. And by the end of the weekend, you were completely exhausted. But you know all about that, Trenton, totally. because you were part of our team that handled all the customer oh yeah problems right oh yeah <laughs> you know that oh yeah it it's uh. It, it's weekends like the Wild West Shootout for me are why, are why I got into racing in the first place and, and dreamed about having it as a career. You know, you know, and um, I, I love what we're able to do. I, I don't, I don't want to slight that. I, I have a great crew and people, and we work hard. And but I'm telling you, there is so much stress and pressure on race day. Yep. You know, there's some of those days I, I go I go to the infield to start to start my night and, and I've done everything I've done everything but have all my notes in order. You know what I mean? And so all I just right. I just start, start start scrambling and work it through the best I can. Um and and some days you just you have so many things that you have to go work through. Um and and you have to you have to make it all make, make sense dollar dollar bill wise too, you know. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that's that's always a man. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to juggle. It's uh, st- streaming's a whole lot better than it used to be. Um, I don't, 
I don't have a second house, though. Well, we understand. Uh, yeah, we right. understand everything you're saying, Trenton. But we also say you do a great job with hey, racing. Uh, let, let me just tell you, Kirk Elliott has two houses. <laughs> well, well, you that, know, Kirk, that was before Kirk, I got Kirk's into this too. <laughs> Kirk's where we all need to aspire to be. You know what I mean? Like he's Kirk's a gold standard for decades. Right. No well, doubt the biggest it. thing is I'm 67 years old. You're a lot younger than me, Trenton. So that that has a lot to do with it as well. Hey, hey, man! I just hope I can make it to sixty-seven. You know, what oh, I mean? you'll all make those, it. You'll make late, it. All them, all them, all them late-night McDoubles and uh, chicken, chicken burritos, and you go south and you hit yeah. water burgers and. Hey, you need to be able to mix in a salad after the race. Sometimes. Hold on, are they putting water burgers down there by your house? You got one down there? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, about an hour. Yeah, close. What What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite meal at Whataburger? Oh, so I've been, so when I was in, uh, there's one right across the street from the hotel I stayed at in Las Cruces down there. So I just, fancy you asking me this question. Uh, it was, it was the avocado cheeseburger on toast. That's, okay. You so don't get so that here, everywhere, so do you? I like the patty no, milk. So, but, but here, but here's why I'm fat though. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah. If, if the Whataburger avocado cheeseburger on toast is good. Let me tell you this. You know what's twice as good? The double avocado cheeseburger. <laughs> the double. And they will, add, they will add the patty and the cheese to that. Oh, my well, God. They, they just opened one in the Legends area, you know, earlier in the yep. year. And it's been packed. And it's and I, I'm, we used to hit them at the Chili Bowl, obviously. But you couldn't hit the one right by the Chili Bowl because the line was always backed out to the road. So you had to go down the street. Sure. But the one at the Legends is pretty packed. But you got a brand new one being built right up here off of Barry Road. So it's it's less than I don't let know, me tell you minutes. every night after the Chili Bowl, just crazy. Every night they've got a brand new one that's over there by uh, our hotel that we 71st stay at. Seventy First Street went in there the last day I was down. Yeah, there. it's on Seventy First <laughs> yeah. Street. Every uh-huh. night that I that I left the Chili Bowl, I went straight to Whataburger. Yeah. And picked up a patty melt and some onion rings and a big old ice water. That's good for your heart. Yeah. I I would tell you this. I would say that I would say that compared to a lot of racetracks in America, I would say Whataburgers are located dangerously close. That's true. Absolutely. But you're out in the country now, so you you still gotta go about an hour away. Hey, uh Trenton. Yeah, about an hour. Going to ask you about Jonathan Davenport. Looked like he was going to go undefeated the way he started Wild West Shootout, won the first three. Then, what, everybody else get better? Man, it seemed like everybody just went to work on their race cars, you know. And what was funny about that, they uh, they had – hold on, excuse me, just one second here. Sorry, boys, I'm still working through that, that nasty cough. Um, That's all right. J- J.D., uh, they all went to work on their race cars. They had a Tuesday night practice, and, and a few of those guys practiced there, but they didn't have any practices um, after the uh, after for the for the last three days. You know, third that Thursday was an off day, and nobody was on the racetrack, and that's really when uh, when everybody kind of turned things around. And you know, he JD still won all six of his heat races. So mm-hmm. if you won a heat race, you were in the the redraw, so you were going to be starting no worse than all nights but one in one of the front two rows. Um, I just think Pearson, Marler, and Larson, man, they just they just learned and adapted to what their race car needed over the course of the week. And I don't think it was that J.D. dialed himself out. 
I just think that <clears throat> I just think the gap closed, you know, between those top top four or five race cars, which I, I felt like was probably pretty normal. You know, if you were to let guys set it a place for a week every event, that's that's probably something that's gonna happen, you know. It's not like it's not like those other guys all of a sudden just forgot how to race. They just needed to get their cars tuned up for, for what the racetrack needed and what, what they needed to get out of the race car. Right. No doubt about it. Um, Trenton, uh, you've got uh, a big race coming up here. It's the Summit Racing Equipment 13th Annual Spring Nationals with the featuring the USMTS guys at Petty, Texas, starting on March 2nd yeah. through the 4th. Talk about that race coming up. Yeah, it's a great racetrack right there. I'm glad you brought that up. So that place is interesting because it, it had been, I kind of ran and kind of not ran and Maybe this week it'll run, and maybe the next week it won't. And then Kevin Sister bought that thing last year, racer out of that area, and uh, <coughs> he had uh, sorry. That's all right. He had been uh, he'd been partnered with Kevin Rogers at, at Crandall, Texas, and they moved about an hour down the road uh, over to this one. He was able to get this place bought, and and had a had a really good year last year. And they got some big time races there, and so I'm tickled to death to go back. Um, one of the, one of the best things selfishly for that trip is that I no longer have to go through Dallas to get there. I can cut off on the turnpike and go to go to Paris, Texas. It's just outside of Paris, Texas, the track is. So uh, it's a phenomenal racetrack. It raced, uh, you know, it raced three wide, you know, once once you get the thing dialed in throughout the course of the whole night last year. We, we had a two-night show there last year, and uh, it was it was just terrific. And they had a had a big crowd there for the final night, so. I'm tickled to go back for three days, and Kevin Sister has been a—he's been a great supporter of USMTS and USRA, and and uh, I just—it's—it's uh, it's kind of a—it's kind of a uh, track that, that flies the flies the flag, you know, relevance and important and whatever in, the, in that region. And uh, often we get to have another race there. It's—it's it's a really super racy track. It's cool. It's—it's it's forgiving. You know, the corners are wide and sweeping, and if if a guy kind of rolls up off the off the top of it, they're not going to instantly destroy their race car, which a lot of racers like. Uh, we had huge car counts there. I think we had 75 on the opening night last year, and like mid mid upper 60s, uh, just from memory here on the the final night. So I think we ought to have a huge car count again. So yeah, just good, ready. I'm I'm ready for it. It's it's going to be hard here these next four or five weeks to just kind of sit at home and deal with the rest of winter here before we're ready to get racing. Right, and, and we don't want to forget about the Race and Dirt USMTS King of America 12 that's presented by Shocker Hitch. Um, to, to give us a little rundown on what we're going to see this year at King of America. So the the King of America and the Battle of the Bull Ring are going to be they're condensed into one event again. It always seems like it's kind of a question of whether they'll run separate or not. And, um, I. It doesn't really matter to me, right? When the race is on the schedule, we'll, we'll show up and go to work. So I don't I don't care one way or another. It's it's fine either way. So um, it's uh, it's all together this year, and they're they're paying off on those B mods each night this year for that that battle at the bull ring, which is cool. That's a that's a different thing that they haven't done. And the USMTS King of America, you know, that's one of the that's one of the crowning crowning events of the season, and really gets the season started off. Uh, on the right foot, it uh, it had all kinds of trouble last year with weather. Weather was atrocious. Um, looking back on it, probably should have been canceled the weekend it was on and moved to a later date in the year. But you guys know how tough. It is. So I 
I applaud them for getting the race in, but it was it was certainly um, a struggle to, yeah. to get that done. So I hope I hope that the weather's a lot better this year. It, it couldn't really be hit or miss that time of year. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big time deal and uh, really gets gets the year going for racing here in our part of the country. I, I always kind of felt like on the uh, the stock car side of things. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the quantity of races, uh, three-day shows this year. Talk about that a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, when it's our job to go and set up streams, you know my opinion 100% is more multi-day shows, the better. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was kind of done. They started talking about it last year in May when fuel got so high, diesel fuel got so high last year, and that was that was one of the uh, – one of the, the big contributing factors to kind of turning the schedule a little bit this way. Yeah, it it had more three thousand to win shows in it than than they'd had, and they hadn't hadn't had them the last couple of years. But they're all on Thursday nights, and they're all part of three day weekends, and there's no travel in between. And so it was something that the the racers were were really looking forward to. And you know, it's a whole host of great racetracks that uh, that you get to put on the schedule for something like that. And, mm-hmm. The weekends are all, you know, they're all kind of blockbuster weekends now. And I think kind of like a, we'll see in smaller smaller doses a little bit of what we saw at the Wild West Shootout where guys are able to work on their stuff. And so, you know, maybe somebody that's not uh, so good on that night one could could totally turn tail and, and you know, maybe even win on the final night. So um, I'm excited from the competitive standpoint, what that brings. I'm excited on our side of things uh, because we can limit the travel in between. I know the racers are for it. Um, Thursday night crowds are always going to be tough, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna struggle to get that Thursday night crowd, no, no matter doubt. where you go. Yeah. So I just hope, I just hope there's enough fans that, that want to come see that, and I think there will be. But you know what? Until, until you get going, I can't say that for a hundred percent. Right. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that's the biggest challenge of three day weekends. Great for the racers. Uh, great for you at Race and Dirt. But it's a real challenge for the promoters to fill those grandstands for three big nights of racing. I think there is a way to do that, get people, you know, if you get a package deal to where people can come in, maybe pay a little bit higher to to, to go to all three nights of racing. There are some things that can happen to try to fill those grandstands for all three nights. But that is the biggest challenge of this scheduling, is it not? Yeah, I think it is. And I, I, think, it puts a, I think it puts more emphasis on your – your local marketing too, right? Like whether that comes from the series standpoint or the racetrack standpoint after they book the races. I mean, you've got you just thing off the top of my head. I mean, restaurants and hotels, right? Gas stations come to mind as places that are going to make financial impact in a lot of these small towns and, and probably a lot bigger than anybody really sits and thinks about. Um, so, you know, figuring out how to, how to convince John Q local business owner that, Hey, we need, we need five hundred thousand here to make this thing happen, and we and we need that from five of your buddies in town as well. And, yeah, you know, I think things like that could could really go a long way. Um, I don't know how successful that'll be the first year. I think there's always kind of a prove it phase, right? And and I, I don't I, I don't I don't expect people to just open up the uh, pocketbooks, but um, I think that I think that becomes an important avenue, a lot more important than when. It's hey, why don't you why don't you come support this? Everybody's going to be here about three o'clock, and they're going to roll out at midnight. You know, I think those local markets become a whole lot more important um, for the viability of 
to these events. Let, let me ask you, put together. let me ask you, Trenton, do, do promoters need to work a little bit harder at promoting these three-day shows? Do they need to advertise a little bit more on the radio, a little bit more on television? Because we don't see enough of that right now, right? Man, it's it's so tough. <laughs> uh, I worked on three of them last year, uh, four of them, and we, we turned out on one. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm the one that needs to probably be giving advice. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Four separate ones. We we were uh, we were batting 250. I guess that's good enough to keep us in the lineup. But we're we're hitting seventh or eighth. You know, nobody really wants to hit there. So, um, man, uh, everything just backed up last year. You know, and and it went it it took such a meteoric rise. And I think racing was probably really better than it actually was. Um, there for about a year and a half. And I think we were all hopeful that that was going to be the new norm, but there had to be some sense of, Hey, this can't last forever. At least in a lot of people's minds, I feel like, uh, even if nobody really wanted to admit it and a few people would. So I don't, I don't know that I have a, a strong opinion on that. I mean, nobody, nobody books a race with the thought of God, boy, hope this thing breaks even or loses money. Right. Like there's, <laughs> there, yeah. there's one path forward to success. And that everybody's thinking about. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have a have a strong opinion. It, you know what's what's really crazy is it's a it's a whole lot easier for racetracks to open up for a night of racing, and they can put a purse somewhere between I don't know seven and twelve thousand dollars out there for their weekly show and make that work than they can one that's. 40,000 plus it's a whole lot easier to do that so mm-hmm. um i uh yeah i, I guess i, I kind of went, went a long way around to answering that i don't i don't i don't really know that i'm qualified to say that really i mean i right. I, I tell you i think most of these people do a pretty good job um on these usmts races that we go to you know most of the most of the local gas stations around local restaurants have race flyers hung up and, um you know, some of these places they can afford to buy media and some they can't, you know. You, you're talking about Cedar Lake Speedway. Well, they cannot go into the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro where, where they need to advertise in their media market. They, you cannot go in and buy TV and radio ads for a racetrack. There's not enough money there to do it, you know. So right. you start thinking about that. Like, I, I feel like Lakeside would be tough, right? Like Kansas City's media market would be tough to buy media for dirt races in Kansas City's market. Right. Um, Too so, expensive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For right. for what what they're going to expect for a, for an ad or a run of ads versus you know your potential risk versus your potential gain. I don't I don't see any way that I don't see any way that big markets they they can afford to do that. Now, some of your smaller mom and pop ones, yeah, and you know we flip the radio dial in some of those places and find whatever the local station is, and and a lot of times we hear those ads and. You know, the series produces that content for every racetrack. They have that stuff at their disposal, and it's up to them what, you know, what, what they want to do with it. So Haven't I, they... yeah, it's really funny, guys, because uh, 15 years ago, <clears throat> when I was first getting started, I had all the answers. And uh, <laughs> the, the more I go along, the more I realize how much I didn't know. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. I, uh, I, I, I appreciate anybody willing to put their – willing to put their cojones on the line for uh, for dirt track racing. Well, I, I can tell you this. you Utilizing the social networks as best as you can is critical in this day and age. Right. For sure. 
For sure it is, no doubt about it, and uh, video's king on that. Um, but still, I mean, even even sometimes that stuff's tough to really get it to, to grasp a hold of. So right. I don't really know. It's uh, It was an interesting year. We, um, you know, racing there, we employed some different strategies and things this year, some of our stuff. And, man, some of it hit and some of it that you thought would just, just really didn't. So right. uh, we kind of went back to the drawing board ourselves here a little bit. So. All right, so we're, let's get a little bit off topic here just for a second. Um, our our, okay. our our Chiefs won this weekend, but they're going to have to play Cincinnati. Yeah. They're going to have to play Cincinnati at Arrowhead. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't like it one bit. I don't either. <laughs> we we got to figure out a way to beat those those those, uh, those cats, those pesky little house cats. Well, and, and um, with Patrick having his man. ankle messed up, this oh, yeah. is not going to be good. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have this thing tomorrow. So you're, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it early today. Um, I was glad that <coughs> I was glad Patrick came back in there in the second half, right? Like that kind of re-energized the team. The stadium went nuts. Blah blah blah. blah. For the most part, he was pretty ineffective. I felt like after the second drive that he came in in the second half, I think they should have given the ball back to Chad Henney. I agree. And I, I don't know. I've not listened to a bunch of people talk. I haven't, I haven't read anything that said that. That was just kind of my gut. And you know, maybe maybe that's crazy. Um, I just felt like, I just felt like Henny gave them the best chance to, to, to win that game after the injury. You know, Patrick was, he was eleven for twelve before he got hurt. Seventy, I think it was seventy-seven yards or something like that. Right. He finished just shy of two hundred, and he had never done that in a playoff game before. Clearly, he was hurt. Right. Like I. I totally respect the warrior mentality and win at all costs, and we'll figure it out later. But uh, there's obviously bigger fish to fry than, than Jacksonville. It, it seems to me that the team believes in Chad Henney. Yeah, I felt like they did. Or at least, or hey, at least they talked a good game. I'll tell you this, too. It's easier to talk that after you win as well. So I don't, I don't want to just totally lose sight of that, but. Right, man. I, I don't know of any other backup I'd rather have. He, uh, he's he's had to come in in two playoff games now for the Chiefs, and he's got it done both times. And it's coming in just ice cold. And I could not even imagine how tough of a spot that would be. Um, you know, back when the Chiefs used to run out retreads and scrubs, those guys would get hurt regularly, and they'd have to go to the bench. And they'd bring those guys in that noodle arm to call a noodle arm was would be disrespectful to the term noodle arm they were so bad you know and uh boy henny henny sure looks like he's ready to go and that has to be an impossibly hard situation to win would you play chad henny over patrick mahomes this week no i don't think so i don't i don't i don't and i don't think he's starting for sure even if he has to, if he has to come in, so be it. Um, I'll tell you this: I think that you know that national narrative all year had been "Don't blitz Mahomes, you can't blitz, don't blitz, don't blitz, don't blitz." I bet, I bet the Bengals bring the house. And if, if I was their defensive coordinator, why wouldn't you? You know, they they had a lot of success against him when Patrick wasn't hurt earlier this year. You know what's so, gonna, you know what's going to happen here, Trenton? They're going to get the ball out of Patrick's hands real quick this week. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think 
I think they'll have to blitz early and often, and you at least have to do it at the beginning of the game because you got you're going to have to figure out real quick what you're dealing with. You know, they're going to need they're going to need a driver two to figure out what what the what the ultimate you know you game plan all week, but but to really game plan and figure out what you're going to do to try to win that game, they're going to have to they're going to have to come at him early. Well, let me tell you, Kirk Elliott is a San Francisco 49ers fan right now because his quarterback, <laughs> the quarterback uh, that plays for San Francisco, uh, Purdy, yeah. he is was the quarterback at Iowa State. Did you know that? Well, so I did. I guess I'd forgotten that. Um, man, I don't. you think that guy will be the starter there next year? Yes. I don't know. That, I think he will be. I would say – yeah, probably so. Uh, so Trey, Trey Lance will still be under a rookie contract, but Purdy certainly looked good. Um, that, what a weird scenario. You know, like third stringers never, like they never pan out. Never. Like, like never. 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 And for him for him to do that and be in the NFC team, now I think that they get boat raced by the Eagles. So I think it's been a, uh, I think it's been a pretty good story, but it's, it's all done next Sunday about 6 o'clock. That's all over with. Um, we'll see what happens. So, Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kirk, isn't dig, <laughs> Kirk isn't digging what you're saying we'll right now. We'll see what happens. <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's okay. They still yeah. have – the 49ers you, you, still have some weapons there. So, hey, we'll see. Hey, yeah. Trent, Trent yeah, they, before we let you go, I got to ask you, uh, what are you going to be doing with ASCS this year? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I think just probably the sooner region and maybe a little bit of that mid south again. Um, well, there's certain there's a lot of races on that calendar, isn't there? Uh, oh, there is. I think we'll do. I think we'll do if uh, Mosetto CRS again. Um, maybe a little bit of that URSS when it when it fits in the regions. So um, I don't quite have all that lined out just quite yet, but I think probably probably something similar to last year. Uh, and maybe not quite as many races that were quite this far away. Yeah, kind of the the plans we're thinking about right now. I'm working on a couple other things too. I uh, I don't have them committed and set in stone yet, but uh, but uh, looking always looking to grow reasonably and uh, something that's sustainable. So uh, we'll see what happens here as we get get closer to race time. Right. Right. So, do you give the Chiefs any chance at all, Trenton, against the to Bears? win? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I, so I think okay. So, I didn't get to finish my this. This is where the Bengals go down. This has been a great story. I'm sick of Joe Burrow's arrogance. I'm tired of their coach Zach Taylor going. Oh, what about us? <laughs> We're screwing stuff up. <laughs> all right, so they're. They're they're about to screw up and they're about to screw their own team up because they're going to play the best team in football. So it's done. It's been a great story. You stuck in here and you got your win last year. Go home. They're done. I like Bengals that. aren't going to win this game. <laughs> I like. They're that. not going to win this game Sunday. Bengals, so Bengals fans listening to us don't like hearing that, but uh, hey, the Bengals got beat by the Bengals got beat by the Rams. The Rams in the Super Bowl. The Rams. <laughs> are an afterthought of a team this year. They I do, were horrible this year. I do not think I don't. that Cincinnati is as good as they p- play up to, and they're not as bad as they played down, no. but they're not as good as a team no. that we saw. They, they, weren't, they weren't very good the beginning of this year. Absolutely. Yes, they strung a whole bunch of wins together later in the year, but they were not that good the start of this year. 
Um, yes, they beat the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. They've never beat them. Guess what? Like, Michael Jordan's had enough, and he's going to come to play. So, right. what, whatever whatever that's worth. I like I like um, how you're I like how you're thinking, Trenton. Yeah, it's time it's time for the time for the Bengals to like I'm I'm done I'm done with it. like they're not they're good and they're fairly elite and Joe Burrow's pretty good. Like, listen, you're not you're not the Chiefs and you're not Mahomes, so it's up to them to just go prove that this week. No they doubt. they they think they're coming in here pretty heady, don't you think? They I, think they've I, got this game gonna, already won. They're going to be overconfident yeah. coming in. Excellent. Let them let them have it. Right. Let them let them ah. be just as over. You know, Burrow, Burrow stands there and asks them about the potential game in Atlanta, and he's just uh, better process those refunds. I'm like, dude, you're you're like still what a jerk. Here, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's 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 pump the brakes, bud. Right. Don't get let's, don't get let's, your. Let's have a little more respect. Don't let your head get too big. Oh my! Right, no doubt. All right. So Trent. now, listen. I'll yeah. t- to tell you this, so so that means the Chiefs are going to play the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and I am not confident in the Chiefs' ability to beat the Eagles. But the uh, Eagles are good. We still got a, we still got a while for that. I think it's going to be Brock Purdy and the 49ers. That's what I think. I hope it is, and we'll beat them by three touchdowns, just like we did earlier this year. That's right. We've already beat the Forty Niners. I hope with everything inside of me, it's the Forty Niners. So I'm a, such a Forty Niners fan now, Kirk. I can't even tell you. So let's let's go, Purdy. All right, Trenton. Thanks so much for joining us on the show, man, and taking all the time to talk to us uh, for nearly an hour. So we appreciate that. We really do, man. Yeah. And, and it's always no good problem. to have you on and talk USMTS and late models. And uh, we hope to have you on more often this year. Anytime, just call. All right, buddy. Great, Thank you. great job down there at uh, Botto, By the way, did a great job. Thank you. All right, Thank buddy. You. Great, great, great racers and great events make my job easy. So I was thankful for all that. Right, no doubt. All right, Trenton. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you. You bet. See you guys. All right, there you have it, Trenton Barry. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more. Right here, it's called Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. We'll be right back in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports brought to you by Rod In Supply. And again, uh, featuring the uh, Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be talking about them this summer. So uh, 1,200 mini sprints. I think they run thousands now. I think they run the 1,000 motors is what they run more than anything right now. Um, I, I want to give a, a little bit of a shout-out to uh, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. As you know, they're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package. It's a pearl white Metallica tri-coat color along with $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes of this great car. You see it right there on the screen, folks. This is a fantastic car. And again, this is the Z07 Performance Package. It's got the 760 horsepower, 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. 8-speed automatic. It's got a lofty 8,600 RPM, creating 600. 70 horsepower to the rear wheels. 
It's got an all aluminum block. Um, it, 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 it's got the big brakes, got the big tires on it. It's got, got everything that you want. This is a real performance car that you're driving on the street, folks. Let me just tell you right now, this car is it, a real, it, it, it's basically a real race car. And if you want to drive it on the street, you better have both hands on the wheel. You better know what you're doing. You better know what you're doing because this thing is going to get it. Don't let your teenager take Don't it out. Don't let your, your your teenage kid take it out for a spin because they'll wrap it around a pole. Yeah, and it will, not, it will not be able to be fixed. It's not going <laughs> to be good. And if you want to have a chance to win uh, this Corvette, all you have to do is go to winaz06corvette.com. Winaz06corvette.com. And again, all the proceeds go to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They do such a great job up there with that, uh, with this program. They, they just gave away the Sprint Car to a fellow out in Pennsylvania. Uh, it, it's just a great place. It's one of the true treasures of motorsports. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum up at Knoxville, Iowa on Highway 14. You need to get up there. They're going to have a Williams Grove um, display up there this year, Kirk. Did you know that? Did not know that. That's first I'd heard that. You, you, you were on there with me when uh, Bob Baker told us that. I'd forgotten that he'd mentioned that. Uh-huh. I forgot My that. My mind too. is slipping now. I didn't remember him saying that either. I do remember. Kirk's him. getting old. I, I remember Bob saying about a the new thing but i could not remember it was right. Williams grove that'll be really cool yeah, yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun so anyway kirk um let's talk a little bit about um what's going on in the world of motorsports um giovanni selsi is going to be racing the uh, kcp uh, kcp racing uh, they're going to be running full-time with the world of outlaws this year that is big news because uh, geo had run selected world of outlaw races but he didn't run all of them last year he ran you know some of the big money races and stayed out east for quite a while to have geo on the full-time world of outlaws tour that's big news do you think he'll run in the top 10 in points sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's a former outlaw winner so he's won races run up front i think it's a good team yeah i think he can run in the top 10 for sure no doubt about it um um how about um Devin Moran, uh, he's, he's, listen, last year he did the same thing, didn't he, Kirk? He ran really good down in Florida. Right. And he didn't really do squat all year long, did he? Yeah, the only thing's different this time. He's driving for Double Down Motorsports, driving the 99 car. He looked pretty strong in that car. I'm not exactly sure what the full schedule is. Uh, for Devin Moran this year, but, uh, boy, two nights of racing down to Belushi. He looked pretty strong. Yeah, he beat Tim McCready and uh, Chris Madden uh, the other night. That was on what was Friday that? night. That was on Friday he night. He also won on Thursday night. He won on Thursday night as well. So, yeah, he looked very strong. Track was in great race condition for the two nights that they did run. Saturday it was called off due to bad weather. Uh but uh, I think that track uh, gave us a good preview of what we're going to see at Speed Weeks. Coming up here in a couple of weeks, a lot of different uh, racing going on. World of Outlaws open up their season down there coming up the weekend of February 11th. 
That's Super Bowl weekend. The Outlaws are going to be racing down there, and they're going to run uh, modifieds and uh, late models again down there right. at Volusia. But I thought the track was pretty racy Ricky, for Ricky the two Thornton. nights that we did see run. Man, that Ricky Thornton Jr. ran really good again, man. That kid, let me tell you, man, he's, he, a, he's a racer. You put him in anything. He's a good late racer, model. Man. Modify heck, he was at the Chili Bowl, right? Yeah, both he and Tim McCready just raced at the Chili Bowl. So, and I mean, you know, way down to Belushi. We're going to try to get, we've been trying to get reach out to him. We're going to try to get him on our show this year because yeah, Ricky no Thornton, he's he's a driver, my friend. Yeah, and we've no had Tim it. McCready on the show too, so maybe we can reach out to him. He, he ran, um, he ran fifth. I, 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 I'm not sure what night that was. I think that was on Thursday night. And then he ran. Um, he ran third. Third, yeah. Third on um, on Saturday or on Friday night behind Moran and McCready. So I mean, that right. was a heck of a run. Mm-hmm. This weekend, the Lucas Hole Late Model Series opens up the season. Wednesday night practice at Golden Isle Speedway down in Georgia, and then uh, they'll have uh, a number of nights of racing at Golden Isle through Sunday uh, this weekend. Uh, three nights of racing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Golden Isle. And then they move to Bubba Raceway Park for Sunday and Monday for the Lucas Oil Lake Model Series. Tim McCready is the defending champion of that series. So uh, get to see some late model racing this weekend in Georgia and then moving into Florida at Bubba Raceway Park this weekend. Also, we got uh, the U.S. What are they? I uh, I know what USCS? it is. USCS? The USCS. Two nights of racing out of Volusia Speedway mm-hmm. Park this weekend. 360 sprints. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, I wish I was going to Florida right now. Yeah, can, be, can, it's been 22 years, 23 years for me since I've been to Florida. So maybe next year for me, not this year. No, I I could change my mind. At the drop of a hat. Well, I, you better. I, I could change my mind and get down there. I, will, I wouldn't blame you a bit. I, 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 I'm, I'm jonesing for a little bit of Florida. I'm just jonesing for go, some... go to the sea dip the Is sea it dip, still there? I don't know if the sea dip is still there or not. That last hurricane, I wonder. I, I don't know. The sea dip was kind of a grungy little hotel. Yep, You never stayed there, did you, Kurt? Never did. Mm-mm. But then they had, uh, they had a hurricane. Scotty and I have got some stories down from down there at the sea dip. Looks like their website's still open, so let's see if they're... Is it still up? It looks like it. running? Looks like it here. They still taking reservations? Yes, sir. I think I've stayed in that room before. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've... If there was any damage, they got it cleaned up. So you can book your room today. I, 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 I don't know. Does it say how much the rooms are? you got to punch in your information first for they'll give you uh, any rate. Oh, yeah. They ain't going to turn that over for... You know, it, it's kind of a, a, a crappy hotel. You didn't get any deals down there, did you? Did you have to pay? Well, the full it was rate? about a hundred dollars a day. Yeah. What which, day? Which is not too bad for down there in Florida. What What day is the race? What day would you have to check in down there if you went down there? 
Um, well, uh, Daytona 500 is on the 19th, so the full weekend before that, which is the same as the Super Bowl, uh, would be uh, the weekend of the 10th, 11th, and 12th. There you you, you want to watch the Chiefs. Of course, I guess you can watch them anywhere if they get that far. Yeah, they'll be on national television. But uh, the weekend of the 10th and 11th would be when you'd want to arrive down there checking out on the 20th. 254. For, 254 a night. Go. But that's at a different hotel. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering maybe that's that. That's the C-dip? That C-dip maybe not be open because it, it moved us. Yeah, there you go. 129. 129. Well, that's not too bad. That's it's not, not bad. much more than what you mentioned. I, I yeah. paid 100 And it's been a few years since you stayed there. Yeah. So one twenty nine. Deidre might not be happy if I go down there. Take some pictures by the water. She still is not going to be happy if I go down. If you there. want to get the double deluxe studio at the C Dip, two fifty eight. You could split that with somebody. You and Kirk. I'm not going. Well, if I go down there, I'm taking the little white Equinox and I'm driving down there. You better let me know today because I'm putting in for credentials today. For where? For the racetracks down there. Volusia, put my name on there. <laughs> Just in case. For Just Scotty put, Cook, you know. Yeah, no. Scotty's going to be doing some live stuff down there. Um, I asked him if, he, if he's if he got a place where he I can stay had, down there. He said he had a place, and then he thought he had a place that might be a little bit out of your way. Yeah, but it, I wasn't sure about that. He thought he could make it happen, but you better check. I know Eric Schrock. That's where he's staying. There was a place in but Jacksonville. Yeah, he, he said he had a place in Jacksonville for sure. Right. You had to get a hold of him. Kirk, the, make uh, it happen. the Power Eye War Sprint League event slated for 2023 they put out their schedule haven't they they did we've got that up on racingboys.com speaking of power eye i want to make this mention uh, especially get this in before the end of the show the power eye midwest lightning sprints annual awards banquet is this saturday night at seven o'clock at the pub 13 located on the grounds of central missouri speedway that's a new uh, pub that Earl and Earl Susan have put up. in down there. Mm -hmm. And this is where the banquet is going to be. And all are invited to attend. Please send your RSVP to Tom Frank to reserve your party. The 2023 MLS rules meeting has been moved to the following day, Sunday, January 29th at 2 at Rod Inn Supply out in Olathe. Rules meeting is open to any and all current and future competitors. This is a great time to come and meet the teams and see what Lightning Sprints Racing is all about. Mm -hmm. So please get a hold of Bob Douglas if you're interested in all of that. And, of course, uh, on their Facebook page, they've got all the information about all of these events. Congratulations to Christy Younger, who is the champion of the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprint. She won the championship last year, so congratulations to Christy. Kirk, Steve just reminded me that the USAC races are on Dirt Vision this weekend. Did you know that? Uh, that's because they own the uh, Volusia Speedway Park, so that might have something to do with it. 
Is is that going to be an extreme race? USAC. USAC. Are, are, are yeah. they co-promoting with? I don't know how that works, mm. to be right honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I I thought, now last year they had the extreme outlaw sprint series and the midgets at Volusia, but this year it is the uh, USAC. So that uh, that is something different. Now that is going to be February 13th and the 14th at Volusia Speedway Park mm-hmm. at uh, Barberville, Florida, where the uh, 2023 National USAC Sprint uh, schedule opens up. February 13th, 14th at Volusia. Then they go to Bubba Raceway Park February 16th, 17th, and 18th. Mm. Hey, I just want to let everybody know that uh, since we've been to one day a week, the downloads have been way up, haven't they, Kurt? Yeah, I mean, we... Way up. We're doing a show once a day, every day. Twice as many as what we were doing. So the fact that uh, we're just doing one download a week means that that show is going to get more viewers, yeah. more downloads. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And if you are a subscriber to any of those places that you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe and hit that little bell on the Racing Boys Mostly Motorsports page. And that way... What's that bell do, Todd? Yeah, that bell's a notification bell. That bell will let you know every time a new podcast gets thrown up via whatever. So if you're a Google podcast or a Podbean podcast or whichever your favorite supplier of your podcast they have a subscription thing there and that works on youtube as well and on our facebook page and that's how some of our viewers know when a video pops up like if we do a live video like we're doing today they'll get a notification right that'll pop up so what happens is when you're zooming through facebook you'll see hey racing boys just came up with a live video you get that when you follow us, but if you subscribe, that that'll t- you get a notification on anything. So any platform we're on something on, you hit that bell, and that'll get you more notifications on anytime new products up and where to find our product. Right, Kirk. Um, Pete brought up that uh, Matt Kenseth, Kirk Shelbardine, and Herschel McGriff were inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame last Friday night. Uh, Mike Hilton was honored with. Uh, the landmark award for outstanding contributions to NASCAR. Yeah, well-deserved by all of those guys, especially Matt Kenseth, the 2003 NASCAR Cup Series champion, the last year before the now playoff format. He was the big reason why they changed the format because that season in 2003, he won one race. That was early in the season at Las Vegas. And then he just maintained his lead the rest of the year. How boring is that? And NASCAR didn't like that, so they changed the format because of what Matt Kenseth did in 2003. Right. Um, Lee Spencer has a nice article up there written yeah. on our page, too. Yeah, great. On uh, the great article. Page. And you and I remember Matt Kenseth when he uh, came to Lakeside Speedway. Remember the old Artco series I got back a, in the day? I got a picture of me... Standing behind Matt Kenseth with a microphone. You remember that picture, Todd? Yeah, I do. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was before anybody really knew who he was. What? 
Or when was well, that? No, no, no he then. was at the top of his game yeah. right then. Oh, that was to... when he was at the top of the heat. Yeah, but okay. Kirk was talking about before I that, think that but... was the day that Joey Logano spun him out. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah, he was at the top, <laughs> more than the top of the game at that time. That, that, mm-hmm. that guy was in the media center more than, I'd say, between Kevin Harvick and him and, I don't know, those two, we watched their family, those kids grow up. They, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. they were little and you, another one would come along and, you know, Matt Kenseth was in that media center a bunch of times. So, uh, he won two races at Kansas Speedway in the cup series once in the Xfinity series. Yeah. He would have won had third had Joey Logano not taken him out. Yes, sir. As he was on his way to victory in 2015. He paid him back though. Yeah, he paid he him did. back sure, at sure Martinsville. Did. <laughs> oh, did he pay him back big time? He took him out of the championship, didn't yeah. he? The other two inductees. Which is all right. Yeah. You know what? When somebody does you wrong out on the racetrack. Well. It, it, me personally, uh, if somebody does me wrong out on the racetrack, I'm going to pay him back. He suffered the consequences for that. But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he, he had a wrecked race car and he came out of the garage and went back out on the racetrack for the sole purpose. <laughs> he of was a lap down and he, he, and he did. And he took out Joey. His All's attitude was, if I'm not going to make. The next round of the playoffs, neither is Joy. That was all he, he had did. on his mind when he pulled off that pits was just get me enough car to get me to him. Just give me enough <laughs> to get out there on the racetrack so I can take him out. It's uh, it was a different time back then, though. You know that. I mean, you can really Hadn't look been back. that long ago. I know, but it seems like a whole when the points championship. It seemed was, like it was forever. It ago. really does with the yeah. points being different and everything. It it really seems like a, a lifetime ago. When, Eight years ago. Yeah. Well, think about it, you know. What even, year was it? 2015. Yeah. It seems a lot it's longer. eight years ago. Yeah, it still seems. That's a long time ago, Kurt. Yeah. Eight years. So I, I don't see them making any changes to the point system anytime soon. But I could see a time and place where they, I don't know. I would I would drop races if it was me. I would not start these races in February. And if you did, it'd just be one or two, and then a big break, and then pick up the thing. I think the schedule is overloaded. Well, I do too, but you know that's not going to change. No, I know, but eventually the money part will start to dry up because you know as well as I do that it's tough to watch that many races. The season just seems like it just ended. I mean, it really just ended. It did just end. And we're already starting. We're, we're it's start- too too long a season. It's a very long season. Two weeks from yesterday, they're running the race at the Coliseum. Exactly, and so that's to me. It's just a it's a way too long of a season yeah. to keep abreast of everything all the time. To be that's why there's not as many fans of NASCAR because it's such a long, long season. Baseball the same way. If you're not a baseball guy, it's a tough it's tough to be a baseball average fan just to tune in because you know as well as I do. They're going to be playing another game tomorrow. Right. But, you know, it's just not just NASCAR. The racing season is a year-round Absolutely. Now, even without NASCAR. But with everybody, with the drivers. It's too long a season. Yeah, with the drivers that drive in other parts of the sports, I would think you could shorten this NASCAR season to allow these other drivers to kind of get their itch scratched, so to speak, so the Larsons and Bells can get, and, you know, those guys can get their dirt track fix for the year. Right. That's just my opinion. Well, Larson still gets his dirt track fixed no I know he what. does. But we know as well as you know, there's no way that they're going to be able to let Kyle 
or Christopher Bell wasn't going to race in the Chili Bowl. He's not going to race on certain weekends if there's a, a dual race. But if there was half as many races in NASCAR, think about right. how many nights off there would be for open-wheel open racing for these guys. Hey, I was just going to mention the other two inductees into the Hall of Fame, Kirk Shelmerdine, uh, four times the crew chief champion with Dale Earnhardt, 86-87, and then 90 and 91. That's where he really got his name as very successful crew chief for Dale Earnhardt. And then he went, he left the team and then decided to drive a little bit on his own. Mm. But uh, one of the all-time great crew chiefs for maybe the greatest driver in all of NASCAR, Kirk Shelmerdine going in, and Herschel McGriff, who raced in how many different decades, Scott? What's he, 90-some years old now? And he stood up there to receive his awards of his career span you got to go back. I think he was there for the first Southern 500 at Darlington Have back I ever, in 1950. That's how long he's been around. Kirk, did I ever tell you the story about um, the time when we, I took Clint Boyer in my ARCA car down to Charlotte? Let me just tell you this story. So we went down to Charlotte. I think we qualified 10th. We had a pretty fast car. At the time, it was the same car that Clint Boyer runs second for me at uh, Nashville Super Speedway. Anyway, so we're we're down there and we're racing, and Clint probably does, w- wouldn't like me telling this story. So Trent Owens was our crew chief, and Trent Owens, there was a wreck off of Turn Four. Christy Passmore had a wreck, and Trent Owens tells Clint Boyer on the radio. Stay out, it's going to rain. And so they go around the racetrack, and when they come around to the, ra- to the pit entrance, Clint forgot what to do. And as all the cars are exiting going down to pit road, Clint Boyer and I, I'm on the radio telling him to stay out, stay out, stay out. He's on the radio saying, what do I do? What do I do? And we cancel each other out. And he goes into the pits when he was supposed to stay out. They start the race. They run two laps. And it rains. And Kirk Shelberdine, who was running 13th at the time, ends up winning the race we should have won that race at charlotte that's a hard pill to swallow it it was very hard for me to swallow (laughs) and it was kirk shelmerdine so that's your that's your long-lasting impression of kirk he was running 13th and won the race if if clint would have stayed out when we told him to stay out Everything would have been. Fun. We would have won the race. We would have won. We would have run second the race before, and, and we would have won this race. <laughs> there been no doubt. There's some news back, Clint, that just came out from the SRX Racing Series. He's going to be racing at Stafford Speedway, Motor Mile Speedway, and Lucas Oil Speedway. How about that. Mm. backyard for I the srx just, series i was at lucas oil yesterday drove by there you see travis pastrana is going to be racing the indy 500 with a real team i mean not like uh i think he's with the 23 
Denny Hamlin owned uh, isn't twenty three eleven. Isn't he coming back to NASCAR? Yeah, yeah. He's running running more than one event. I know that, but he's under this new team with the Toyota develop you know, the Toyota team and um he'll probably I think he'll make the race and if and if you look he'll he'll you know, it's a pretty good paycheck for starting the race for a, a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? It's Will he do any good though? Well, he's in a better equipment, and this is the type of race that you can. Indy cars are a, a different breed. Yeah, but he's racing. This is going to be in Daytona 500. I mean, he's driving. You know, he's going to be driving for Toyota. He's. I think it's the 67. He's got a veteran crew chief, and it's going to be yeah the 23. The 23 team is what he's going to be driving for. So I. I don't know. I wish he would have stuck around in NASCAR a little bit. Longer. Yeah, you know, I saw him. I I talked to him the one year he he raced in Xfinity. I think it was next. I don't know if it's Xfinity or what they called it back then, but um, I think from what I've read, I follow him on social media. This isn't a one-off type of deal. This is he's it's a more taking it serious type of thing than um than what I think people think. You know what I'm saying? I think right. I honestly think he's. He's kind of focusing in on a little bit on this type of kind of like Bell is exactly. I, right. I honestly think so. I mean, and, and Travis Pastrana is getting a little old, and he can't keep up the stunt. You know, it's tough being a stunt driver your whole life, right? And uh, if somebody gives you the opportunity and and a sponsorships willing to sponsor you to drive the Daytona 500, guess what? I'm I'm jumping in. I mean, as him, he's got it's a no brainer. I mean. He's a Red Bull driver. He's driven for everybody. But this is the first time he's going to be driving for a real team with real money. And I, I, I'm i looking forward to seeing how well he does at this Daytona 500. I think it'll be a better showing than what people think. What do you think, Kurt? Travis yeah, Pastrana. I, you know, he tried that once. I, I'm not sure if I'm, you know, really all that moved by that. We saw Travis Pastrana try to make a go of this a few years ago. That didn't quite work out like they'd hope he'll have um it's black coffee r- black rifle coffee but um he'll have eric phillips as his crew chief is that's who his crew chief is for this one too so he's a veteran crew chief it doesn't you like see dunkin donuts has come out with a new black coffee i did see that yeah have you ever heard of death wish do you coffee? drink coffee kurt no i don't either but no i don't no either coffee. isn't so that funny all three of us don't drink us coffee no have coffee you ever heard of me. death wish coffee why don't you drink coffee kurt I, I drank coffee uh, back when I was doing the sign-on shift at a radio station up in Iowa back did, in the early did 80s. Did it get you all giddy? And I drank coffee, and it gave me heartburn. I, I said enough's enough. So heartburn. So I haven't, this company I haven't the, drank it since. It's called the Death Wish Black Coffee Company. We're looking at a little photo right here online now. There, um, Zach Wilde had a little been involved with this he advertised this for a while x out of that thing there oh there we go so this co- this coffee here is some um death wish coffee company yes sir and apparently well, that's a strange name let me tell you something that must get you all juiced up death wish coffee let me company? tell you something from what i've read if you read some of the reviews on, on amazon and stuff right some of the people that were they're talking about avid coffee drinkers said hey this is not something to play with if you need to make sure you're a real coffee drinker because the caffeine level in this stuff is, is off the chart man. that seems like terrible marketing to I, name your coffee, Death, Death Wish, Wish Coffee Company. So Zach, Zach <laughs> I Wild, don't know guitar, about that. The guitar player for Ozzy, his own, he he was part of this company for a while. He he had, but um, they are um, 
apparently one of the strongest brews out there, period. God, who would want to drink that stuff? I'm not a coffee guy. I drank some, you know, a couple times, like Kirk said, when I used to do an early morning shift. I never did like the taste of it I, anyway. No, I had to put sugar and cream in it to make it taste good but anyway. I, I drank so. it to kind of get me up and going, but it I, just it didn't co- sit well with me. A couple Coca-Colas back right. in the day was did the same thing as a cup of coffee for me, so that's kind of how yeah. I rolled. Uh, news also out from NASCAR, Todd Gordon. We remember him as the crew chief for Joey Logano for a lot of years. He's going to be the crew chief for Jimmy Johnson for that, that legacy well, that's funny uh, that you team brought... at Daytona coming up. Uh, the number 84 car going to be working with Jimmy Johnson at Daytona. And it's funny. Races. Pete brought that up. He said Todd Gordon will be Jimmy Johnson's crew chief for the Johnson Limited Cup Series schedule. Yep. Yeah. Good to see Jimmy running some other races. I mean, he ran pretty he, well last he, year. He, at he Indy. didn't really do too good the last time he ran in the I Cup. I saw though. him uh, up at their Iowa Speedway. had a fifth-place finish yeah. in the IndyCar Maybe race up did. there. I watched, and that was probably his best finish in the IndyCar. You think he's going to be better that he drove an IndyCar coming back to stock cars? I don't think it'll make a whole lot of difference. difference. I think he's scratching an itch like all these other guys are, like Junior gets in a car every once in a while. He's got enough money. Yeah, it isn't for he that. He just don't want to be full-time at it, Yeah, you know, which I don't these, blame him for that. A lot mm-hmm. of these drivers still like to scratch that itch, man. You know that. that we I, saw it I still years. want to scratch it. You're still yeah. wanting it. There's a reason why you still got a suit and hel- helmet. Yeah, you never did quit, did you? You never did announce any I retirement. Never, I never said I was going to retire. No. I don't think that's a big mistake for a driver to do that, to say he's going to retire. Yeah. The Frog says, uh, he says, He's a stunt driver, and this is a stunt. Yeah, it's. I, I in the past I believe that, but this is a he. It's he's got a real team with real crew chief with real money behind him, and I think that it'll be more surprising than what you thought. I think he's taking it more serious than a stunt. He's not. You know. Will he be successful at it? Uh, I don't know. Hmm, I don't no. think so. You never know. Pete says Raw is Triple X set to feature a host of WWE legends tonight. Do you know anything about that, Tom? Yeah, yeah, 30th anniversary. This is the big, you know, Raw, WWE probably sold here in the next few months. Um, Vince McMahon will be selling it outright to a company. So this is the last. There's going to be a lot of big. If you if you watch wrestling back in the day, if they're still alive, they're probably going to drag them out on on tonight on wrestling. So, do you ever watch the show on Vice? That's uh, I do the 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 territory shows territory and 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 the dark side of the, the ring dark side and, of the ring and all those yeah man those are great good shows, shows. you know the rock the rock is the producer for that territory show and do you watch do you ever watch Young Rock? I have watched some of it. I, what I did was I watched a few episodes. I didn't think it was going to make it, right? Right. Because I didn't. And now that it's made it, I've intentionally not watched it so I can start over at the beginning and stream it through. But um, last few episodes that I've seen on TikTok and on YouTube, you know, clips were pretty darn funny. Pretty pretty good stuff. It's a pretty good comedy. I, I, I enjoyed it. I've been watching... A little bit more streaming TV now that the football's kind of wrapped down. You know, we don't have every Monday and Thursday, Saturday right. and Sunday. But I told Kirk I watched The Irishman last week. 
on and um, great movie. You got to watch that, Scott. I mean, it's it's a very long movie. But it's like Gangsters of the Irish. It's no, it's isn't it? It's no, about it's, Jimmy Hoffa. It's about Jimmy Hoffa and, and his all demise. the mafia guys. It's it's Goodfellas times five. And how that really might yes. have gone down. It's with the Jimmy Hoffa's how, demise. How it's like the book was called. I hear, I hear, I heard you paint houses. Is and that that term means shooting somebody and splattering blood on a house, right? That's that's the term. Oh, but I the, hear, the ca- the casting was great. You had Robert De Niro, you had Joe Pesci, and you had uh, Al Pacino. And what they did was they shot video from way back when they were supposed to be younger, and they com- they gener- uh, AI. Artificial intelligent. They took their face and ran it through thing, and they got rid of the wrinkles and everything. And there was only like two times when I saw it, and I thought, "Ooh, that kind of looks funny." But man, unbelievable how well how close it was. Oh my yeah. gosh, Al Pacino. I mean, um, De Niro looks like young De Niro when he's driving the truck in this movie, and he gets out. You forget that you're seeing. You forget that this is actually De Niro in his seventies, and he's. The computer has made him look 20 again. That's I think that's the, the, Really? That, oh, yeah. It's great. The role that Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci played in that film was maybe his best, best Probably his best acting ever. all around. I would say so. Joe and, Pesci? Yeah, yeah. And they gave, and he had way more lines in this. Like I said, he had. I liked him in Goodfellas. Well, you'll love this. I think he's even better he's in better this, in it than this. In this it's, film. It's a great movie. And Jimmy Hoffa, let me tell you, Al Pacino is Jimmy Hoffa. When I heard he got that role, I kind of thought, man, I don't know. Man. He'll make you believe, and um, I had seen a documentary on that book back in the day. I'd already knew about that book. Always wish somebody would turn it into a movie, and it was amazing that it was Scorsese, you know, that decided to do it. And like Kirk was saying, it didn't get the run that it deserved because it came straight out to streaming and on video type. On Netflix. It was a Netflix film. And not in the theater, so it didn't get the push by the academies and everything. But trust me, if you've got three hours and 23 minutes, turn it on. And three hours will go by like an hour and 15 minutes. Certainly among the best 50 films I've ever seen. It's up there, It's the best movie I've seen. so good. The best 50 you've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. And and it's the best movie I've seen since. Well, he has a top 100, so he knows where it goes. It's the best movie I've seen since 2000. Do you write? Since. uh, I would say the last great movie before that that I'd seen was Saving Private Ryan. It's the best movie I've seen since Saving Private Ryan. It's a really, like I said. Do you write down your movies, Kurt? I just, yeah, just make a note of them. Sure. He's got a list. I saw saw a movie that you liked the other day, Bullet. That is a great film. Uh, It's awesome. Steve McQueen. Yeah. uh, I'd seen that a long time ago, and I'd, I'd forgotten a lot about it, but since you brought it up here a few weeks back, I went back and looked at that. That is a great, great picture. Well, Steve McQueen, you can't hardly beat him as an actor. He he was understated in that movie, but uh, man, he was he was great. He's one of the great actors of all time. Yeah, some of the scenes in that film, the at the airport and uh, the, the the at in in the hospital. When they're working on the guy that got shot, right? At, at the sound, the editing, that, that was a great, great movie. I think that movie was nineteen sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But it's uh, 
Chris Yant says that's his favorite movie, Bullet. Oh, it's a great film. Yeah. The car chase scene in that movie may be the best ever filmed. And Maybe. The t- and the two guys, they, they go off into the gas station and explode, and they get burned up. The mob hitmen. Well, yeah. you know, now we're going to spoil it for those that maybe not <laughs> seen the film, but... Well, uh, and most people have seen the movie, yeah. but the, the story the story was great. The way they they had that all laid out the the senator as the as the kind of the bad guy in the film, right? And Steve McQueen says, "Let me get this straight. Let me set this straight. I don't like you, right?" Hey, uh, there was a little bit of a debate here a little bit earlier on the uh, the chat room. Somebody asked if Whataburger is better than In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely better than In-N-Out yeah. Burger. In-N-Out Burger is way, way too overblown. You and way I way overrated, and man. And we know this because you and I were in California back in 2015, and we went to an In-N-Out Burger. It wasn't while very we were good, out was there. it? And I don't like their fries. You so and that's I, what you, I was going to say. Right. You and I looked at each other and said, "What's the big deal about this?" It, yeah. They're all like you said. It, it's a it's a fast food burger, what it is. You know what I'm saying? There's it, Unless you go to a, a, a different type of burger stand that's not a completely 100% fast food type mm-hmm. of. But in and out I'm like Scott. I didn't like the French fries at all, so it turned me off on yeah. them. I'm not a French fry. They're stringy. I don't like them, and I didn't, I didn't dig them that much. No. And then in and out burger, I mean, the water burger I've had in two different places when I was in Oklahoma – one place always seemed like it was okay. The other one was a little, so I never. I just kind of chalked it up. Maybe it's just the location. But the times that I've had the water burger here in Kansas City has been great, and I may chalk it up too because it's a new new restaurant, so everybody's right. on top of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, me and Kirk are a Brahms kind of guy. But Brahms has the best fries. They do. They do have. You'd good agree fries. with that? I yeah. like their fries, and I and I like Checkers hamburgers. And if you're down in Florida. There used to be a checkers here in Kansas City. Used to City, be a bunch did, here. Did, in town. Did, did you like Red Robin? Red Robin's okay. They're so expensive though. A little high end for yeah. um That's gore they call it gourmet burgers, right? Uh, At Red Robin. Do what? they call it gourmet burgers? They do. Backyard burger is is pretty good. All right. Um Okay. So um I'm getting. A, I have a guy here that's going to be uh, giving a window, giving me an estimate on my sliding glass door. Absolutely. So you got to shut it down for so the day. We're at the top of the hour. We made it. Yeah, we made it there. All right. So we're going to let you go. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, uh, Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supplies. Again, featuring the Power Eye uh, Midwest Lightning Sprints and. Uh, we are going to get out of here. We'll be on live this Saturday. We weren't on live this past Saturday. But we will be this Saturday. Chiefs football and everything. But we'll be back in the saddle. Regular time, live show this Saturday, 8 o'clock. All right. Okay, Sports thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, it's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Monday right here on Mostly Motorsports.